3: do do they tell you what they know do the podcast that you know hey welcome into the juice and mo podcast it may be King's off season, but this podcast does not stop the content doesn't stop if you're listening to the audio version of this We want to make sure you check out the YouTube page, youtube.com slash at Deuce and Mo, because we're dropping content left and right each and every day. What's up, everybody? It's Deuce Mason alongside Morgan Reagan. We are recording this on a Wednesday night after the Warriors stay alive, forcing a game six. We'll talk some NBA playoffs today. We have to talk about the all-NBA teams being released and the Kings making some history with that. And the latest on Sasha. Vazenkov. Vazenkov. Morgan's calling me out on that. I can tell.
4: Well, no, I'm only calling you out because you're the one that taught me how to pretty much I say it the right I,
3: way. I think I'm saying it the right way, but I'm no, hesitating. You, I
4: just was watching his yeah. highlights. Vazenkov. And it's like, it's if you really want to say it right, it's like, uh, Vazenkov. Vazenkov. Vazenkov.
3: Well, we're going to have Vazenkov. a EuroLeague announcer with oh. us at some point soon to talk all about Sasha. But a lot to get over tonight here on the podcast. Appreciate the live people hanging out with us. Uh, I could tell the lighting's good in this room because Morgan's face is very red today and you're going, what's going on? It's not as red as it was earlier.
4: No, and I have some uh, color science like um, lotion on too to make it less red.
3: So so you know how players during the offseason, they like work on things. They want to get better. They want to get leaner. They want to get stronger. They want to improve their game. Morgan... Got micro-needling done?
4: RF micro-needling.
3: <laughs> yep. Is that what it sounds just,
4: like? Yep, <laughs> just like that. Just it, like that. Needles
3: in your face. Dude,
4: that, that, it that. feels like little, barbaric. little tattoo needles just going into your skin. Oh. And what it does is help produce more collagen because as you get older, you lose that collagen. And then um, it also helps like tighten the skin. So then like, I won't need to do... Chris Jenner shit. When I'm 70, you know, I won't need to like facelift here and there, and I'll just be like, "Hey, thank goodness I did some RF microneedling when I was in my 30s."
3: So that's why your face is red.
4: Is it still red though? I mean
3: your your cheeks are.
4: I, I feel like my cheeks are always red.
3: Yeah, a little flush.
4: But yeah, I I loved it. I hated it, but I loved it. And <laughs> if anyone's looking for to do something like great with their skin, it's so good for your skin.
3: Uh, someone mentioning, uh, please never get lip filler. I've thought about getting lip filler. Imagine if I did, Morgan. What would you do if I came in with like lip filler? <laughs> Is that like,
4: something? like a Kardashian lip? Y-
3: yes, like legit.
4: I would be like, "What'd you do, Deuce? <laughs> Why do you look? Like- <laughs> did you eat something wrong?" <laughs> and I know what uh, some people are
3: thinking. You're seeing Morgan's red face. You're like, "Well, good thing we have Deuce Mason with a fresh haircut."
4: Let's take a second. No one, no.
3: Dude, you have to admit.
4: Wow.
3: Looking good. Off-season deuce
4: with the fresh cut. Everybody talk about it.
3: Where should we start with tonight's podcast? How about the all-NBA teams were announced, Morgan? We thought Fox and Sabonis would be on it. Of course we thought that because we've been watching them all year long. They should be all-NBA players, but they were officially named to the team today. Ernie Johnson announced it on TNT. Both Fox and Sabonis were named to the third team along with LeBron James, Dame Lillard, Julius Randle, Sabonis, and Fox. The second team featured Jalen Brown, Jimmy Butler, Steph Curry, Donovan Mitchell, and Nikola Jokic. Uh, The first team, Luka, SGA, Giannis Tatum, and Embiid. Your reaction to Fox and Sabonis making the NBA, uh, excuse me, the all-NBA third team?
4: So happy for them. So proud. Uh, You know, I feel like every single award... Or whatever it is that the Kings keep, like, getting.
3: Executive of the year. Coach of the year. Clutch player of the year. Keegan, all-rookie first team.
4: All the Pacific things. Pacific Division champions. All the things. There's yeah. this weird sense of pride <laughs> that I have. And I think because we we put so much time in, in consuming whatever this organization does and whatever this team does. And it is so fun when they're playing well, but on top of that, they, the individuals are being validated for what they have achieved. Mm. You know, cause if you win a championship, you get a trophy, you might get a bonus, you get all these other things. But when you're these guys, this team that's trying to make this leap, you're not only making the leap in the win-loss column, you're doing so with so many different awards. So cool to see these two um, as some of the top players in the NBA.
3: I try not to get caught up into in, in the whole conversation of, oh, how was he third team when he should have been second or first? Look, when they get bonused, it's an all-NBA bonus, I think. So what does it matter? They're in the top 15. But then the other part of me is like, yeah really like Luca who didn't make the playoffs his first team, you know, like SGA had a hell of a year. I got to be honest. That was probably one of the biggest surprises to me was Shea Gilges Alexander making the first team. And I mean, I'm not even suggesting he didn't deserve it. I just didn't think the writers and broadcasters would do that. You know, it's not like OKC was a must watch on national TV every other night.
4: He SGA was, was awesome. And he was in the MVP conversation early on, I felt like. And, and not, I didn't feel like I remember him being in that conversation. And on top of that, it's like he he keeps taking a little leap in his game. And I think that's what they were rewarding by putting him there. And they think he's unstoppable or special in so many different ways. I mean, what I think he was... Uh, Led the league in, in drives and getting into the paint. I think John Morant was right behind him. Uh,
3: scoring over 30 a game. Efficiency yeah. got better. His defense is awesome this year. There's a
4: lot of things yeah. to it. And I, I think one of the things that stand out to me with all these teams, though, when we do question a guy, it goes, well, they did all these things, but it didn't help a team. It didn't make teammates better. It didn't translate into W's or yeah. into playoffs. I, I think that's sometimes what we I- question.
3: Sure, but I don't know how you can question it totally with this group. I think the one who jumps out to me is Dame. And as much as I'm a Dame Lillard guy, the guy played 50, what, 58 games. And his team was terrible. His team was really bad this year. Yeah. I I don't know that i give him the nod. You know, SGA played on a team that was really competitive. You know, even with Luca, and I know... The year Dallas had, especially at the end, was beyond disappointing. It's going from being a a team in the Western Conference Finals to not even making the playoffs. But how much was that because of him? I mean, look around him. Yeah. They, They did not do a good job building around him. In terms of what he did individually, he put up some marvelous numbers he's young he's one of the best players in the game no doubt about it he
4: carried them as much as he could. yes exactly yeah
3: the other guys that jump out it was interesting to see jimmy butler get the nod for all nba second team he'd even make the all-star team this year i love when that happens butler played 64 games he's awesome steph curry made second team 56 games for him this year and i think anyone that looks at this goes well it's steph curry he's on the all nba team who cares but I mean, fifty six games.
4: That's gonna you, change.
3: Couldn't you make the case
4: that Fox could go ahead of
3: him in the second? You don't
4: care about that. It, it, oh, for yeah, I do. It's again. Obviously, this is a regular season, um, achievement. Steph Curry, uh, we have all, our eyeballs have all been on him. Yeah. in this postseason, and it does click like. Oh yeah, it makes sense because he is, when he is healthy, when he is playing basketball games, he is absolutely magical, absolutely magical. And it's not like, wow, he's so good for his age or he's so good with no one else around him. He makes people better. He does things that are like unstoppable at times. Yeah, I, I, I get why Steph Curry is there.
3: Yeah, obviously Fox is the only one you could debate because Sabonis was not going to pass Embiid or Jokic on the All-NBA team. So Sabonis, great year for him, All-NBA third team. For Fox, it's just cool to see him finally reach this point. Even Sabonis, his first All-NBA team for him too – and these two guys make Kings history. The first pair of Sacramento Kings teammates to make the all NBA team in the first year. And it's not like the Kings have a long list of all NBA talent. It was Mitch Richmond, Chris Weber, Peja, DeMarcus Cousins, and now Fox and Sabonis. Wow! The fact that here we are, think about this. If I would have told you a year and a half from now, uh, a year and a half ago, Hey uh-huh. Moore, don't stress about anything. The Kings are going to have two top 15 players in the league. At the end of next year, what would you say?
4: I would be like, who Who do they get in free agency? Who who do they trade for to get that? Because I wouldn't believe that it was even going to be Fox. I didn't think that he could take the jump that he did this season. Um, But he did. And he did because the right pieces were also added around him as well.
3: It's funny how that works.
4: Right. Situational. Good things happen. I mean, good things happen, too, when good people are surrounding you. And you can you can feel that there are just so many good people from the coaching staff to teammates, everyone.
3: Well, the Kings absolutely have their respect. I know for so long, Kings fans get upset. The national media is hating on the Kings. Oh, they get hating on. Well, yeah, you were bad for so long. Yep. This year, you can't really make that case when you clean up all the awards, the major awards pretty much with coach of the year, exact clutch player, now this. It's a big deal. You're getting some respect now.
4: Hey, one of the things that they didn't get respect on? Yeah. I mean, which makes sense. But um all defensive teams.
3: Yeah, I think there is some case you could try to make that Davion Mitchell deserved at least some
4: votes. But Marcus Smart didn't even make a team, so.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, Davion doesn't play enough for me to put him on an all defensive team, but for him not to get any votes is where you're going. What? Yeah. Tyrese Halliburton got a first team vote and he was like, wait, well, how
4: <laughs> even he was
3: confused by that? Like what the hell? Yeah. So next year, it all changes for the all NBA, by the way, because there's that minimum games thing where you have to play 65 games to qualify. And next year it's positionless.
4: I love that. I really do. Especially because the game has evolved into that. Right. I'm, when, when you look at these all NBA teams and you think about all the players in this league and how there's always going to be a debate on who should make what team. But at the same time, when you have to do it by position, it just limits you. It forces you to do something that maybe you don't want to do. So just
3: a cool way to cap this whole season for the Kings is seeing yeah. uh, Fox and Sabonis make all NBA teams. And it's, it's a big deal. It really is, especially when it hasn't happened a lot. And now it's like, all right, how do these guys elevate their game? We talked to Brad Miller on the podcast the other day discussing Sabonis in the postseason. And I thought his point about how teams defended Sabonis and what how the, the, the teams will find the one weakness you have. You may but do 15 other things Perfectly, mm-hmm. they'll find the one weakness, and that's how you learn. Like, okay, they will show you exactly what your flaw is exposed, and then you have to go fix it.
4: Yep, yep. And we saw a lot of that in the postseason with Domas Sabonis. And I mean, I think too, do something that we were talking about earlier too is like, do we need to make a case for why Dearn and uh. Sabonis are on the third team or it's it, like, you know, some people might push back or argue it and be like, like just NBA fans that could be watching be like, you know, I would actually pick so-and-so or I would have picked so-and-so. Uh,
3: I don't think Sabonis or Fox. I think Fox has more of a case of moving up than anything like that. I don't think you could like, think about some of the players who did not make it this year. John ja Moran Fox had a better year than Jaw. Yeah. He played more games than Jaw. He just had a better season. Truth. Drew Holiday. Look, there's a case to be made for there's Drew Holiday. There's definitely a case. Did he have a better year than De'Aaron Fox? I mean, if you want to say Drew Holiday should have been on instead of Dame, okay, maybe there's some pushback there. Devin Booker probably didn't oh. play enough for some people, but then you start you start digging deeper and I don't know how voters looked at it. I don't know what the minimum was for voters around the league. But Devin Booker, it's not like he played that many I'm sure, I want to look at I want to double check his games played um and this because he played so he played 53 mm. games. Okay. okay. Well Steph played fifty-six. LeBron played fifty-five. It's not like these guys play, you know, yep. crushed Booker in mm-hmm. that category, but there's got to be some caught off cut cut off. The one that really surprises me a little bit is Jalen Brunson not getting enough love this year. And I know it's hard with guards, but he didn't make the all star team. Randall did. Yep. He didn't make an all NBA team. Randall did, but I always every time I watch the Knicks, I'm like, they go when Brunson goes. Dude. he's kind of that stabilizing force. Even tonight, he plays 48 minutes tonight.
4: Watching him earlier, I mean, just crazy the way yeah. that he leads a team, right? And um he did that consistently all season long and then was in the conversation for Clutch Player of the Year. Obviously was going to go to Deere and Fox, not only because of, the, because of the numbers, but truly unstoppable when he was the dribble penetration into the paint. I mean, he would create, he would score, whatever it was. But yeah, Brunson, being in that conversation, it's fair to make a case.
3: And then you look at Anthony Davis. <laughs> he played 56 games this year. Mm. He actually played one more game than LeBron. Right. Kind of crazy to think about, right? But yeah. you—they probably gave the edge just a bonus because of look. He played so many games. I mean, he led the year. league in he rebounding. Was awesome. Exactly. So yeah, it, look, my my biggest takeaway when I look at all these guys who made the team and guys who missed it, this league is just beyond talented. And the fact that you can have this much turnover and whether that's injury or just other guys improving their games, it's wild. I mean marketing had a great year. Didn't make the all NBA team. Durant didn't play enough games for voters. Anthony Edwards. I thought he had a great year too.
4: He did played 79
3: games. Showed a lot. Didn't make it. Bam. Didn't make it. So obviously there's some legit talent who didn't make it, but this league is stacked right now. And this is why the league's in such a great spot. I keep making the case. add a couple of teams. Give me Vegas and Seattle. Come on. You have the, you have the talent right now you to can do it. Totally.
4: Just do it. Just do it
3: let's get to the chat appreciate you guys hanging out with us if you have not yet hit that thumbs up button make sure you're subscribed um let's see here jeff hardy rules saying sga made the first team but not most improved player of the year laughing emojis okay okay um i mean that's fair i i don't know i guess i'd rather have um all nba than hell yeah most improved to be honest I think his whole thing was just being staying on the floor, right? With SGA, if he if he was healthy, there was no doubt he's going to be a good player, and he played this year. And
4: that's what um, we didn't even know what OKC's plans were going to be with him, right? It was, I couldn't have been hold him out again until we keep developing. So I'm glad that they did play him, and you know he sh- he took a leap in his game, and and obviously was rewarded for it.
3: Morgan, the next thing we got to talk about, uh, Mike Brown went overseas to go see our guy, Sasha Vezinkov.
4: Vazenkov.
3: Why can't I get that?
4: You're the one that taught me. What, him, what so do I say? You say Vezinkov because that's what we've been yeah, saying yeah. forever, but it's, you put it on yeah. a sheet for me, Vazenkov. Vazenkov? Vazenkov.
3: <laughs> Sasha. Vazenkov. His team just advanced to the Easy. EuroLeague Final Four. We'll be taking on a former king, Chima Moneki, in that game. Ooh. Anyway, Mike Brown was interviewed by um, one of the reporters out there, and he was asked about Sasha. Uh,
1: Sasha. And
3: here is what he had to say.
1: What's your thoughts about him, and uh, what do you see from him uh, so far?
0: Well, obviously, the, the way that they're guarding him, it makes it tough. You know, but when you guard somebody like that, you like that person on the floor because it creates a lot of space for everybody else. Uh, the way we play, he, he fits in really good. He shoots the three ball, he's got size, he's got toughness, he rebounds, and all those things are excited with the way that we play the game of basketball. So, like I said, we'll see how he, uh, we'll let him finish out his season and then we'll make decisions from there. So, uh, to, you know, to make the, the headline, Uh, Are you going to make an offer to him, a good offer, in order to uh, persuade him and uh, sign him for the next season? Well, we'll let him finish the season out and then we'll talk to him. But we've obviously uh, been highly, highly intrigued with him. We made a trade to get his rights last year. Uh, This is the fourth or fifth time somebody from our organization has come over. Myself, uh, our CEO, Matina, is here too. Uh, our international scout is here, Christos, and so for us, uh, the interest is at a high level. But we'll let him finish the season, and then he'll make decisions as well as us when it's time.
3: So there's Mike Brown talking about Sasha. Hell yeah, Vazenkov. Hey, Can I just call him Sasha? I don't yeah. have to say his full name every time.
4: It's helping me. <laughs> I kind of like no, it. I feel
3: like it's a shot at me a little bit. And I don't appreciate it.
4: Well, it's at first when I couldn't say uh Wimbinyama. remember it was yeah. like you forced me to keep saying it. So then finally now I can say wembinyama.
3: But the difference is it's kind of late right now.
4: No, there is no stop. No excuses. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> um, by the way, yeah, I love the shit out of that. I love that he was talking. I love like how excited he sounded about Sasha um, and what he could do by opening up the floor, just having another shooter out there. It's important. This league, it's all about the shooting.
3: Yeah, I saw Sasha was asked by a reporter about Mike Brown being at the game, and he had some quote about, Joking that they have literally sent everyone but the mayor of Sacramento to come see him in person. So he's clearly feeling the interest from the Sacramento Kings, but he's got some things to think about, too. I mean, I, I think it goes to some of the same conversations we had about him last year is like. He is a EuroLeague MVP candidate right now. Yeah, he's playing 20 minutes a night, which that may not seem like a lot, but they their, their games aren't as long. Right. I believe they play 10 minutes quarter so 40 minute games compared to 48 in the nba he's got a big role right he's an important piece you come to the nba and yet you you you're going to be a part of a team but it's clear who the guys are on that team Mm -hmm. it's fox and sabonis who's the number three could change next year i mean i think sometimes the number three this season just depending on the night Some stretches, it was Kevin Herter. uh, It was Keegan. It was Malik. It was Harrison Barnes. But I have zero doubt he would play well with Sacramento. I just... You see how he shoots? The quick release. He's got good size. Quick release.
4: High release. I mean, as soon as he gets that ball in his hands, it's boom. It's not even a second that he's really even taking the ball down. It's... um not a lot of space he needs. Yeah. His size,
3: his off ball movement. You see his ability to cut and move without the ball. I'm like, okay, I could see a little connection with Sabonis. That'd be nice. As far as his role, is he a starter? I'm These are things he's probably going to think about. Sure. Am I coming over with a chance at a starting job? Right. It's a
4: big move. No, it's, it's, it's a huge move. And at least the Kings now have given him more of a reason. Um, with everything that they did achieve this season as a team i mean it like and like we said all these awards that are coming i'm sure he's seen that and it's like oh great i could play with this team but when we talked to brad miller um and he had the opportunity to go to sacramento it was sacramento or one other place and he was like um let's go to sacramento i love the way that those guys play i want to play in that system and be a part of that And he said the first day that he walked in there and he just heard them breaking down basketball and um, talking about the philosophy of how they play and everything. He was just like drawn and into it. And I just feel like for real hoopers like Mike Brown understands what these hoopers want and can create a space to to make you enjoy and love the game and still empower you to play your game in a certain role.
3: I feel like there's no doubt it's easier to sell him on Sacramento this time compared to last year at this time. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah, they had a great year. You could, you just mentioned all the awards, their style of play. He would fit in the team he plays on. Look, I'm not gonna act like I watch all their games. I watched their last game um, when they were at their last playoff game, game five when they clinched to advance to the final four like, oh, they move the ball around. And I know that's typical of EuroLeague. It's less about individuals. You don't have a lot of iso ball. It's a lot of ball movement, off ball movement. But, yeah, I feel like he'd be a good fit here. And then you start figuring out, all right, where does he fit in? I think there's so much – there's so many things you have to consider. Is HB back? What's his role? Okay. Trey Lyles, are you able to re-sign him? He's coming off your bench. Yep. Is – Sasha starting next to Keegan. What does that do defensively for the Sacramento oh, Kings? God. Does that make life more challenging? I think in some cases it could, depending on the matchup. But from a shooting perspective, having another guy who could space the floor. I,
4: Daggers.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, what that corner, can do for wing. Fox and Sabonis. Absolutely. We, we already saw what it did for the offense this year. The number one offensive rating mm-hmm. in league history what does that look like if you add another guy who's got size who could shoot it?
4: I love it. I mean, obviously I love it, but also I
3: I also don't have these expectations of like, Oh, he's coming here and going to change everything to me. He just, it would be a nice pickup, a guy who could, you could plug in and he could be an impactful player for you. Yeah. I'm not saying he's coming over here to be an all-star and the savior
4: in any. Well, exactly. Because anyone that wants to argue like, well, What are you going to do defensively? And you can challenge that comment back with, or that question back with, well, every player isn't going to be perfect. You know, I think that's something that we always, that's the first thing we always look at when a team acquires a player, trades for a player, whatever, is, yeah, but they can't do this, or they can't do this. But it's like, yeah, but what player can really do it all and there's not many that can and the ones that can are obviously making the big bucks and you got to find a different way to develop those players and or get those players over here
3: rp in the chat says i'm sorry bro i'm sorry bro but with the king's plan on having sasha play next to some bonus or power forward you might as well just get kelly olympic oh. he would fit much better all right i mean have you seen sasha play a ton or what Explain yourself. You got to explain yourself. Explain yourself.
4: Yeah.
3: I'm so sorry, but Fox, Monk, Sasha, Murray, and Sabonis sounds good, but I do believe they try to re-sign Barnes. Just know Barnes, the Lakers, are back to the Warriors.
4: Ooh.
3: Yeah. I, I, Harrison's going to have interest, especially when you look at the free agent market out there. It's going to be a team that would love to have Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Um, and I think for him, it's trying to figure out what's the best role. I feel like if the Kings are going to take a step, I think Harrison may be coming off the bench and upgrading is the move. Yeah. But I, you know, he may not want that either. Exactly. So.
4: Exactly. He can probably still do so much for um, other teams in the league that would want him to start and make his money too. So it just depends on what HB wants. And I, I mean, you know how valuable he is as a vet and to the development of this team you know and um that would be a tough thing for them to lose <sighs>
3: Has it been hard for you watching NBA playoffs after the Kings have been eliminated? Or are you like me where I was just right back in it? The first game was hard hearing all the Steph Curry noise. Like, Steph Curry had 50 in that game, seven, blah, blah, blah. But ever since then, I've just been watching. I have enjoyed it.
4: I I pretty much have been that. I felt a little bit of anger Mm. at first watching the Warriors. And now I'm only triggered when I see Draymond (laughs) scream in someone's face. No, Every game. It's so triggering for me. And I'm like, I... I just this is in life. I really I I want equality. I want fairness. I want it all in all parts of life. And I know this is just basketball, but I really I really like. We saw Jamal Murray last night, for example. Turn had a great dunk or whatever he did. You know, take it to the rack. Turns around, ah, shows his emotion in whoever's face that was. They teed him up. Draymond. Oh,
3: that's with who was that? Was that with uh, Landry Shamet?
4: Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. Draymond does that out of excitement. He does that out of anger. He does that out of so many different things, and can do it all game long. And it's just it's frustrating as someone that watches going, well, that's not fair. Here's
3: my pushback though.
4: Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs>
3: Draymond plays with a competitive spirit. I'm like, to say all the time, because when the warriors didn't have Stefan clay and they were hurt, it, you know, he lacked a little motivation fire, but when it's meaningful basketball, he is engaged. He's competitive. He's talking trash. I think in some ways they respect that as long as he's talking to them with respect, they can be like, they can handle it. it. There is a benefit to him doing it all the time. Because they're not going to call it. He's begging them at the start of games to give him a technical. They won't do it.
4: I know. I know. So, it,
3: hey, all other NBA players just do it all the time then. Take that uh, mentality. And then you'll have a longer
4: leash. It, yeah. But also, it's like it takes more energy sometimes out of you, out of your teammates. And it sometimes can be deflating. And sometimes it can be really encouraging. I
3: hear that. But here's the biggest difference with Draymond and someone like DeMarcus back in the day. When Draymond... Draymond just plays harder after a lot of guys get taken When they start talking to the officials, they get taken out of the Absolutely. game. And they, 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 they don't get back on defense or they're not. Draymond engaged. has
4: been taken out of games though, because what he does, he'll go to level five On a play, and then the next play down, he'll try and step on someone's face or, like, throw them to the ground and get away with it because... And or they'll call it. And when they call it, I go, they took him out of his game. They took him out of his game. But the interesting about Draymond is two possessions later, he's back down to a level three. He cool. It's wild. Like, when I reach a level six, like, don't even look at me.
3: How many levels do you have? Ten six is not even that bad then
4: oh no six is bad because like obviously if you're a level one you're frustrated like this is not like you're happy at one you're frustrated at one you're mad at two you're pissed at three and then so on you don't yeah. know this you don't know this scale i don't know i'm not familiar with your so scale. weird no this I'm is the not. Draymond scale
3: no. um speaking of the warriors They stay alive. They win game number five on their home floor to force a game six back in L.A. They win 121 to 106. There's a couple of headlines. I think the biggest one at this point is A.D. left the game. Looney hit his face. And, of course, Morgan's instant reaction. I think, and by the way, you're not alone here. I think everyone's instant reaction was, oh, God, A.D., so soft. Get back After a while, you went, oh, this may be a little more serious because you could tell it was sensitive to lie. It looks like the guy has a concussion. Chris Haynes reported that. He left in a wheelchair, being pushed out in a wheelchair. Well, if this guy's in concussion protocol, then he's probably not going to be able to play in game six, which changes everything with this series, especially with how impactful he has been at times in this series. What, (laughs) Morgan? Okay. Yeah. And this is why I don't respect about you. Cause I, not, I we've had no, these, know, we've had I'm this not. AD conversation and I'm
4: just laughing in my head, but it's coming out on my face and I don't, I'm not, I'm doing a live podcast and I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going to hold it in and I'm going to be very respectful right now. Very, so here's very respectful. Here's my problem with you, Morgan. As what?
3: You are, uh, you have talked about this. Mm-hmm. You have like, br- I, I, well, you have brain damage, right? You probably
4: have. Okay. okay. 100%. Had... I, I've had like close to 10 concussions playing basketball. Right. Oh, wow. I'm probably going to have dementia when I'm older. Interesting. Because right. I kept playing after, every, like I would like out from someone back screen. Boom. At that time, training staffs, especially at a JUCO, it's like what day is it? And I was like, hopefully Wednesday. Did I get it right? Cool. Put me back in the game. Sure. So that was my issue, but I was a competitor. I just wanted to play the game. And yes, I probably have brain damage. Yeah. AD won't.
3: So the point being is like, I know it's like AD, how many times he falls on the ground. There's always this issue. Get back in the game. I remarked to him like Morgan. It was, it hit to the head could be a concussion. What do you know? It looks like it is that which that's that's serious. It's They're a not going to call it
4: that, though. Morgan, you, how are you serious? I don't think they will. I'm looking at you to say this because I'm going deuce. I don't think they want to call it a concussion because I think they want him to play game six no matter what.
3: Okay, that's not happening. Not okay. in today's era where everyone, especially you just saw what happened in the National Football League with Tua. Like everyone with their own eyes saw the fact that AD was days on the bench, was escorted back through the tunnel, and it was reported he was in a wheelchair after the game. You don't just like knock that aside. If, yeah. he, if he had gotten up, shook it off, and kept playing, yeah, maybe. But this
4: situation, yeah. there's no way. Okay, yeah. No, you're, 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 yeah. I, when I saw him get hit in the face, I was like, man, you can't, like, and this is just my reaction as, as a competitor. I just go, damn, you can't just shake it off and go to the other end. Oh, here we go.
3: Chris Haynes early diagnosis indicates Anthony Davis appears to have avoided a concussion and is doing much better now please this tell to get in the
4: now can we can, we, can no. we go the soft route can None, we go <laughs> timing impeccable thank <laughs> you get- is that a real tweet? <laughs> I'm sure. I don't know. Is, ver- I don't know is, is Haynes
3: verified? I don't know. Yeah, okay, he is. Okay.
4: Does that mean anything anymore?
3: <laughs> I mean, one. Okay, can we acknowledge this real fast?
4: So now let's talk about it seriously. Yes.
3: Be, good. I'm glad he's okay.
4: I'm so glad so that he gets can... to play in the next game. Yes.
3: No. Are you glad he, he's okay? Oh,
4: yeah. No, no. And I'm glad. I'm Yeah. So I had a feeling he would be when I saw the play. Had a feeling he would be had it, i had a feeling he would be I,
3: I i need to know more about this like if i'm the league i'm going wait what
4: why are you no just trust your instincts on this deuce no
3: because head okay. things are different okay, and when he right. looked like he was bugged by it you know at first you're like oh do you get poked in the eye and i was like no he is like he's displaying some symptoms like he, he got his bell rung
4: he was constipated, pooped his pants, uh, just yeah, like Paul yeah. Pierce and had to get wheelchaired out of there. I, yeah. don't, I don't know what to... I, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's... Yeah.
3: And RP makes a great point, And this is where Morgan can't get, put no, her tell me, thing tell me. aside, which is... This is where... Then, we, then I, I reach level six and I go up Morgan about this because she doesn't acknowledge things like RP saying, if he was dizzy for those 10 minutes, uh-huh. you can't really do much. If he kept playing with his head spinning and was terrible... We'd say he was bad. Like, that's the thing. And we'd all be like, dude, is he okay? Like, I mean, if he, in those, even if he is better now, it doesn't mean he was fine then.
4: Yeah. No. And it's, it's totally the truth. And, um, yeah, all health, everything is, is so, so very important and all bodies are built so differently. And I was when I played a very injury prone player and it is frustrating. It is awful because it's like, wow, there's nothing I can do. But there's also times where my shoulder would come out of the socket. I pop it back in and I keep playing because I wanted to make sure that I was going to stay out there for my team. My point is there's some people that just have that, that competitive spirit, that fire, that ability to push through things, even though it's not right. And then there's other people who do the right thing and go off in a wheelchair and that's the truth. And that was the right thing. Okay, That was the right thing with his head spinning. That was the right thing. And I'm serious. I'm not even joking. Why are you? Because
3: you just set up this whole scenario. Like there's some people who could do it this and there's some people who need to be helped. Out. It's no,
4: because like- there's different bodies. That's what I'm saying. Like people but- are just built different. I'm not even saying just mentally. I'm saying physically too. But to me, there is a difference between
3: like a dislocated something and a head injury.
4: Yeah, I mean, I like I personally have had both, um, and yeah, okay. But I mean, I mean, yeah. Here's my thing: Sabonis so gets hit in the face twenty four seven, right? In every single game, he's able to play through it because he's built differently. We could call it a head. I'm sorry, no air quotes. We could call it a head injury, but really, what he would do would just like continue competitive spirit, play on because he wanted to fight through whatever pain he was feeling. Anthony Davis was feeling some sort of pain or dizziness or whatever it was that he just felt like he couldn't push through. And that is the story of Anthony Davis's career too. And that, and, But he's an incredible player, so he's lucky that he has that going for him. Right?
3: Well, I'm just glad that he's going to be ready to go for game six.
4: Me too. I'm very glad. And he needs to step up. And Did he have a big game last game? Remember, we've been kind of trying to keep track of this. Yeah,
3: no, he's been really good lately. Yeah. No, no,
4: no. Remember, we, we say he has one good game, and then usually on that game. Yeah, next that, I mean, game, that
3: was early in the series. Yeah. I mean, the, the, since the Lakers took a 3 1 lead, I mean, he's 30, he had the one bad game, which was game two. I mean, okay. 11 points, seven rebounds, four assists. Uh, tonight in 32 minutes, 23 points, nine rebounds, three assists, three turnovers. No blocks, AD. right? Or one block? Uh, he was not credited with a block in there. Okay. I mean, I think the Warriors have found something trying to pull Anthony Davis away from the basket. Run more pick and rolls. It's what all Warriors fans have been begging for. Stan Van Gundy's been saying on the broadcast, like, just run these Curry pick and rolls, right? Warriors try to switch, excuse me, the Lakers try to switch a little more. Tonight, though, was so much more about the Warriors going, we have to play fast. This Golden State team is just different at home. And I know they had that bad game six loss at home to Sacramento in the playoffs, but you saw during the regular season, you saw it at times you're in this postseason, They get going and You're Like Dude. Oh, man, they feed off of that. And then they go on the road and they're, they're turning the ball over like crazy, not playing discipline tonight. They push the pace.
4: They just vibe on their home floor. And when they push the pace, there's just nothing like it. It's, it's not even the way they, a defense cannot get set up in time to take care of everybody on that offensive end. But it's also it's also that rhythm that they get in on that offensive end when they feel hot. We saw at the end of the second court, going into the half, I think it was Steph Curry hit a big shot, whoever it was. Um, they go up by even more, and it was just like that cushion that they were building. You could feel the deflation of the Lakers right there at the half, thinking that they were going to come back strong, Warriors started off strong in that third, but then made a lot of mistakes. Weren't making any threes. I think they're 0 for 9 from three-point land. Um, Five turnovers, I think it was, in that third. But the Lakers just weren't capitalizing on their mistakes. And with the Warriors, if you're not capitalizing on their problems, you're just going to screw yourself over.
3: And they need some other guys to step up. You know, Poole has been a disaster in the playoffs, and you hope he can get it going at some point. He got off to a nice start in this game, but faded. And then, of course, his defense just has not been good enough. He ends up playing 23 minutes tonight, but 11 points, four assists for him. Wiggins was massive tonight. GP2 was massive for them in this game tonight. So then you add in Draymond, who got off to a quick start, scoring the ball, Okay. They they were feeding off of it. You know, Draymond's getting going early. They're knocking down some shots. They're rebounding well. They out rebounded the Lakers tonight. They were scoring off the turnovers. If they can if they can play at that pace, all right. They're gonna have a chance. I I just don't know what Warriors team to expect in game six.
4: Neither do I they've won
3: some tough road games in the oh. playoffs, so game five and seven <laughs> in Sacramento. Uh huh. They sh- they honestly should have won. Game four in L.A., they went away oh, from the yeah. pick and rolls and they had some issues with the execution late in that game. If you're the Warriors, I don't know, you, you should feel good about your chances to force a game seven.
4: How, what do you mean? This is like their M.O. Of course, they feel good. This is the, they have the Lakers right where they want them. This is their vibe, Deuce. This is what they do. Not even for a second. Maybe for a second. I thought going into this game, I'm like, maybe the Lakers just they have it. Like they're they're gonna win this. It's gonna end tonight. And then as soon as you see Draymond like knock down a three to start the game, you're like, okay, well, maybe this is gonna go in a different direction. And and it did. And it wasn't that um fun of a game because I never felt like the Lakers in that second half were ever going to come back into it. And Anthony Davis. You know, before, even before the injury, the amount of times that the Warriors took him out of the paint, whether it was a pick-and-roll or it was just um, a switch, you know, they just kept trying to switch him on whatever guard was out, which would clear out the entire paint, allowing Steph Curry to take it to the rack or whoever else to just drive it in. The paint was empty with Anthony Davis out.
3: Steph had 27 points. He had 8 assists, 12 of 24 shooting, just 3 of 11 from downtown. Uh, Clay struggled his, with his shot. Three of 12 shooting for him. Mm. But what I like is they rebounded well tonight. Looney had eight. I thought Looney was great in his 20 minutes, by the way. He had eight rebounds. He had a block. He had two steals. You had Thompson with six rebounds. Draymond gave you 20, 10, and four tonight. Jeez. Wiggins gave you 25, seven rebounds, five assists. And GP2 gave you 13.6 rebounds. That guy is so good at getting offensive rebounds, just tipping that shit out. He flies, his it's timing, dog.
4: everything. I love having guards that can rebound.
3: Well, if AD is all good to go, I, I'm interested to see what what game six looks like. Yeah. The one interesting subplot from this series has been how Vanderbilt looked pretty good against Steph early in this series, but they go, we can't play him. And it's very similar to I feel like how the Kings approached it with Davion Mitchell, where they played Davion early, making Steph work, and then as the series went on, they played him fewer and fewer minutes. And I I think the way they're looking at Vanderbilt right now is like we can't, they're not guarding him. Yeah, we we gotta have spacing out here. We don't have the shooting that Golden State has. We have to at least give ourselves a shot. And not we're gonna sacrifice the defense. Vanderbilt played 11
4: minutes. Yeah, and that's I, I mean, and you're seeing that number just go down, down, down. And it's like I get it though. It, it's like you need to produce more on the offensive end, and he's not the one that you want to be producing. It's there's and there's so many times even in this game when it was like give AD the ball, give LeBron the ball, like allow them to create something. Like yeah. why are we allowing Austin Reeves every single time to just try and stop and pop or go to the rack or D you know, just take whatever open three that he sees. And I mean, and that's another reason too. I will I'll. I mean, I always do this with Anthony Davis. I give so much love because I would much rather have him out there on the floor. Cause he's such a special player and what he does for this game is so fun to watch. And I mean, just as a big, his ability to shoot the ball and, that's the thing. He's got to keep just taking that little elbow shot or whatever he's given because it is just as good as a shot as anyone else on the team. I mean, his high release, high arcing shot, everything about it. So yeah, it's um, it's gonna be interesting to see what type of adjustments they now make going back to L.A. Yeah,
3: the Warriors just one of those teams. You go down, they go down three one. You're like, yeah, but they still kind of have a shot.
4: They don't, why would you doubt them? Why would anyone doubt them at this point? Why? They're just annoying. You're an idiot if you doubt them. So annoying. They're so annoying. (laughs) But they're also like, Steph Curry is so fun to watch. (laughs) I hate him. I hate him. He's so fun. Just beautiful magic out there on the basketball floor. My God.
3: Uh, The other game tonight, the Knicks survive. They force a game six to beat Miami 112-103 at Madison Square Garden. Jalen Brunson is a dog. This guy played the entire game. He played 48 minutes. He scored 38 points. He had nine rebounds. He had seven assists in this game. Quentin Grimes also played the entire game yes he 48 did minutes and he had that one sequence where it looked like he hurt his knee and uh-huh. like, uh, is he gonna be okay he's limping around and then pick jimmy butler it
4: was four on five mm-hmm. and then then you see grimes just guarding butler and we're like butler go at him he's limping and instead <laughs> grimes picks him and
1: gets the ball <laughs> that's
4: like an
3: all-time dog moment by oh the way, it totally was the guy's limping like he looks like he's hurt is he gonna be able to is he gonna walk off the court and then he picks Jimmy Butler.
4: And what a crowd too! I love that crowd when it pops. It's so it is so fun to watch and those. I think
3: games. we all want to see a game seven at Madison Square Garden.
4: Oh hell yeah! That would hell be yeah! Yeah no, especially between two teams. We talked about this the other day, talking about these two teams that just like they grind it out. Yeah, you know they're just they're just dogs. They're out there just um, playing uh, some physical. I was like trying to think of it. I was yeah, going to say hardcore. And I'm like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Very physical game that's fun to watch.
3: Yeah. The, the Knicks had to hang on to it. it, it they led by as many as uh, 19 points in this game. There's a couple times like, is Miami going to win this game? Uh, but the Knicks uh, find a way to hang on. And I don't know. You, you give them a shot. When you look at the other series that are happening right now, Denver with a 3 2 lead with a chance to close it out. Um, in Phoenix, and then you've got the Sixers.
4: The Sixers take a three-two lead on Boston. Crazy! <sighs> that one. That one.
3: Are the are both the Suns and Celtics dead? I feel like the Suns are. You know, DeAndre S- Ayton, by the way, questionable. God, going into he, the next game, he's
4: just not giving enough. Questionable. That sucks for them. Obviously, if they had CP3, just another weapon. Um, and
3: he kind of hinted that he would try to give it a go in game six, but who knows?
4: And Yeah. who is that like a decoy for a little bit? Like what, what does that even mean? Devin Booker just has been playing out of his mind and has been so fun to watch. But um, him and KD, if they're not having their big, big games, it's just not enough. And it makes sense why it's just not enough. But also Denver, I mean, for a team that you didn't think defensively was going to be capable of like defending some of these guys. They've done a good job yeah. with their team defense, a better job.
3: Yeah. L- last night specifically, I thought KCP and Aaron Gordon did a great job on Booker who was on an absolute tear mm-hmm. games three and four. He missed combined nine shots, I believe. And last night he still got his, but he was not as efficient and they made him work. They got him frustrated. Jokic is just out of this world. And I, I'm with you on Phoenix. Like you, they need KD and Booker to play out of their minds yep. to have a chance. You can't count on Aiden. You've already dismissed it. Chris Paul's not there. And even if he is there, I'm not counting on Chris Paul anymore. And then the depth, you know, I like a Kogi's energy. The guy can't make a shot and right. he's getting open looks. Can't knock down a shot. Corner three. Sham he had the one game where mm. he got it going, but he's been really inconsistent. TJ Warren, I think it's unfair to put anything on a guy who's been out of the league for two years with injuries. Yeah. Who else is stepping up? Terrence Ross can be streaky and could get it going. They don't have enough. And Denver, I they're the team right now that I'm most impressed with. When they're right, it seems like they've got the pieces necessary. You've got a skilled big in Jokic who can do everything, mm-hmm. he can score on anybody. His passing, he does everything out they, there, right?
4: And they play some disciplined basketball together as a team.
3: Yes, Porter, when he's knocking down shots, disgusting. Murray, when he's in control and healthy, but they're de- i really like their depth. I love Bruce Brown, what yeah. he provides. Oh God, yeah. He could—he's a dog,
4: and he can score a little
3: bit too. He had twenty-five off the bench. KCP has the experience, a pesky defender who's capable of knocking down the three. Aaron Gordon, what he does defensively—the rookie christian brown man dude
4: that guy he's strong he can defend the best posture i've ever seen yeah truly just like straight up straight up
3: he's really strong
4: yeah no he's strong he knows how to stay vertical um it's been fun to see him um make a little bit of an impact too here in the playoffs
3: uh uh, yeah Suns. It's going to be interesting to see how they deal with things this offseason. We'll wait till they get eliminated to talk about that, I guess.
4: Ooh, yeah. I don't believe.
3: All right. Last one would be the other series, Philly and Boston. And Boston, I...
4: What is is happening with Jalen Brown? That is the big... That's like the big angle, I feel like.
3: Sometimes I feel like, especially as outsiders, it's not like we're watching every Boston Celtics game. They don't feel together right now. And Jalen had some things to say after game four. And then game five, it didn't seem like they really got him the ball enough.
4: And the things that he was saying was basically like, either they need to get me the ball more or I need to demand it more. Yeah. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. And it's like, and he's not wrong because that needs to happen. And Jason Tatum also needs to get his shots up. But I feel like sometimes when he's not making them, it's his shot selection isn't the best for the team. I know we all go, oh, well, I mean, wouldn't you rather have Jason Tatum shooting it over anyone else? No, he can also create, be that guy that's, uh, you know, taking it to the rack and finding the open man in the corner. I and mean, that's not knocking down. Like when their ball movement is crisp and it just looks great, goes into Al Horford, pops back out. That's when their offense looks their best.
3: Well, Horford's not knocking down shots right now. Nope, Three point shooting. Hasn't been there. Yeah, it doesn't look great right now. And it seems like, you know, Joe Missoula is not getting a lot of love right now from oh. Boston Celtics fans. They're frustrated with him. Yeah, I thought he did desperate things. You know, he just randomly put Peyton Pritchard in that game yesterday. And I'm like, I I don't know what you're trying to do here because we haven't seen him at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You kind of went away with him from him completely and you just throw him in there it's not like you put him in blow out in a blowout and it's like hey he like the Lonnie Walker situation in LA where he went in during a blowout competed knocked down some shots and you went you know what we're gonna give him a look in a future game then has a, a nice game He kind of just oh let's just try this and that didn't work either I, I don't think they're done and I think mainly it's because of Philly's track record I go we'll see oh we'll really see. yeah it, Now, Embiid is just magical. Absolutely. And I thought his performance in Boston was awesome. I mean, it was an MVP performance. Yeah. You go, that's why you won the MVP, because you play that level. Good luck with anybody.
4: And then, obviously, when James Harden has one of those games where you're just like, how how is he doing this at this level still where people just can't stop him, and he's just creating on a whole different level. Um, Yeah. No, they have... They have the right pieces, but we've also, like you said, track record, not only with them, but with Doc River Rivers, we've seen this yeah, before.
3: Right. And there's still pressure. I mean, look, you're up, but you still have to close it out. You don't want to go play a game seven in Boston. No, you don't. But, you know, that that Tyrese Maxey had a nice game. Harden's had some nice moments after. It's been up and down for him, but... It, it seems like it's coming together for Philly.
4: And maybe it's one of those things that, like, Doc can out-coach Missoula because it's his first time being a head coach in a postseason. And...
3: How would you feel about a Jokic and Bede showdown in the finals?
4: I mean, wouldn't you be down for that? Oh, I would love would that. The, would the casual NBA fan be down for that?
3: i you know what? I don't care because I know. it's not my thing to care about the casuals. I'm not, I'm not a casual. Care. I'd watch any NBA finals match. I can tell you the mat- matchup if the I don't want to see. What? I don't want to see Miami. I right. know
4: you don't, but I, 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 I would still be down. I
3: don't want to see Miami. Um, I would
4: love to see Gabe. Get in there, Gabe. You get in there. I mean, there.
3: I'm watching, but you're not excited. You're like, oh, Miami's in the finals. I'm not juiced for that. That would
4: be me. I'm juiced for Are you This season. If we
3: got a Lakers heat repeat.
4: Oh, I the, the bubble
3: championship. No <laughs> way,
4: we, I'd be down for anything, I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, I, I mean, that would be I would have the most fun seeing Embiid and Jokic. I don't, I don't need the Warriors, I don't need the Lakers. Just yeah, give, us a, give us some new blood in there. Yeah, I'm that's that's what I'm ready for.
3: How about the other story that happened today? What the JJ Reddick. Apparently one of like 8,000 people to interview for the Raptors coaching job. That surprised
4: me. One of 8,000. Come on now.
3: Well, according to Woj, Redick is one of more than a dozen candidates who have talked to the Raptors in a wide-ranging search process. ESPN reported recently that Toronto had gained permission to interview several candidates, including Golden State's Kenny Atkinson, Milwaukee's Charles Lee, Phoenix's Kevin Young, San Antonio's Mitch Johnson, Mitch Johnson. Sacramento's Jordy Fernandez, Memphis's Darko, Raj, Rajakovic. Good job. Rajakovic.
4: Rajakovic. We'll get that we one. We butchered that. Yep.
3: Yeah. And uh, Las Vegas Aces coach <laughs> Becky Hammond. Current Raptors ass- assistant Adrian Griffin is also an interview, uh, also a candidate. Um, Interesting.
4: Interesting
3: very interesting that that name
4: was like i didn't even know he wanted to coach he's you know
3: i think he likes being around a team i think that that's probably intriguing if if he's interested in, in coaching just go the assistant route first there's just such a that's just such a hard leap to make
4: I, agree. And and, I and, agree.
3: and and then the other real issue is just like, there are just so many, uh, those candidates, there's so many guys who have been, and women who've been putting in work for years and years to try to get a gig. And it's like some execs going, Hey, I listened to JJ's podcast and man, that interview he did. He, I, and you know, I love JJ, right? I know. And Kings fans don't like him because of how he talked about the Sabonis Halliburton trade. I don't know, man. I, I I just think maybe going the assistant, if you really want to commit to doing it and he's
4: agreed, we it's,
3: I don't think he's, he, he works hard. The guys on ESPN, is, he's running a podcast, like he's no. doing a lot of stuff. So he's not immune to working hard. If he wants to go that route, I would say be an
4: assistant. No one's doubting his work ethic. And I, I think it's the same thing that we do when whenever we talk about Mark Jackson. We're like, if you really wanted it, Because you've been in conversations for every single year to be a head coach. If you really wanted it, wouldn't you just go back to the assistant coaching route and kind of work your way back up? I mean, you see, not everyone's going to have Mike Brown's journey, but I even look at someone like Luke Walton, who awful in Sacramento, but is on the Cavs bench. And I I love that he's like, you know what? I'm going to work my way back up. I still want to be in this league. I want to try and be a head coach in this league. I'm going to be an assistant. Like there's no shame in that. And like, there's so much of that where you are such a big part of what that team does. And, and that's, that's where sometimes I'm like, is it an ego thing? Is it just a money thing? If you love the game and want to coach that bad in this league, I would say do it the right way.
3: And for the Raptors, It's not bad to have a conversation. You know, his name's out there and it's a headline because it's JJ Redick and he's a personality now, so people know it. But, like, for JJ, just going through that process, if he is interested in being a coach in the future, it's a good process to just go through. Hell, yeah. Sitting down with Masai and just talking hoops. Hell, yeah. And then for Masai, it's like, yeah, let's, you know, I, I think outside the box, I mean... When they fired Dwayne Casey, he was coach of the year, and they hired Nick Nurse, who's with their G League team. People are like, wait, what? What's happening? So it's not like Masai is like scared to make Mm -mm. some move that's not popular to the masses. But for him, yeah, sit down with JJ. I love it. I'll sit down with him. Why? Let me get JJ's perspective on my team a little bit.
4: That's, I mean, for all those reasons, like you both can benefit from it. And JJ can also benefit from it from just it being like his name. Being put in this conversation for maybe a future conversation if that is where he has interest in and in, is coaching in the NBA.
3: I would also just, if I was talking to JJ, I'd be like, hey man,
4: you're, how much money
3: you make in the league? You made a lot, right? Okay. Yeah, you'd say that. How much money are you making on your pod? How much money are you making on ESPN? Are you stressed? Is it fun to just hang out and interview players and coaches and then go on ESPN and go at Stephen A. every once in a while?
4: He misses the competitive hey, side of things.
3: Just keep doing that. He D- misses
4: you, the competitive side of things.
3: I guess that's what it is. I mean, I'm looking. He in made blood. in his career $117 million dollars
4: brooklyn house is so beautiful <laughs> the
3: guy made 117 million Ugh. i know it's not all about money but like he's got all the money you could possibly have you're right it's a competitiveness that he probably is like yeah i could i want to do it They're i did this, me. this 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 yeah. this
4: why not touch that and that's why like more power to him for doing it but that is also why i mean i say this for anyone that wants to be a head coach in this league. Like, look at Steve Nash. Well, Steve Nash was technical. He was what basketball development with the warriors. What was he?
3: Yeah. He was not like assistant. Not,
4: not. Okay. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's just something that, um, I hope that people, everyone has a different path.
3: There's just, but I, I do get that. But I, again, this is where I I push back and go with all those, People I mentioned, you know, there's a lot of people who worked hard in the league.
4: And that's what kills me. Yes.
3: The one I saw on social media today was Jerry Sackhouse. Played in the league, was G League Coach of the Year, coaching at Vanderbilt. Like, he's done everything. He he would love an NBA opportunity.
4: So. Yeah. No, I get it. Anyway. I get it.
3: Well, appreciate all you guys hanging out with us for a bit tonight. Uh, we'll do more of these night chats, of course, throughout the offseason. And, of course, we are going to be posting... Content on our YouTube page each and every day. YouTube.com slash at Deuce and Mo. You go there, literally, if you look at the highlight section, we may have a quick breakdown of game, an NBA story that came up. Anything big that happens, we'll be talking about it. And then if there's any massive, crazy breaking news, you know, we'll be live like we always are. Yeah. We appreciate you guys so, so, so much. Make sure you hit the thumbs up on the way out and make sure you're subscribed. We love you guys, but we gots to go.
4: Hey, okay, and turn on your notifications if you want to make sure to not miss a thing. Thank you guys for being here, Sleeping.
1: Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo. Deuce and mo, the podcast that you know,
0: deuce and mo. After the end of a good fight.